hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Cats Pyjamas Conversations with and in this podcast we are talking to Katya Willems. Um, I'll explain a little bit about how this uh, conversation uh, has come into being shortly Um, but Katya is an Instagram trainer and creative facilitator so welcome to the podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you and what you do Katya? I am Katia and I live in Stockport near Manchester and I'm an Instagram trainer but also yeah creative facilitator still kind of working on that title (laughs) but basically I like bringing people together and kind of I don't know creating environments and communities where people can really help each other basically so I lead walks in the countryside for kind of networking events i run an event called instacake where people meet up and eat cake and talk about instagram and i run wilderness retreats with my business buddy karen weber where yeah the business retreats but in the wilderness I love it. It sounds amazing. And absolutely all the things that here at Cat's Pyjamas we love doing, we're all about collaboration. So um, I'm delighted you agreed to be um, interviewed for the podcast, which came about in a bit of a random sort of way. So I signed up to um, an Elevate Your Personal Brand workshop with the fabulous Lucy Werner of The Wern, and you happen to be on it as well. And that's how this has come about. Yeah, like it that workshop was so good and it's reminded me that part of the reason I like going on workshops is to meet other people. Absolutely. So you make connections with the people and you think, oh, I want to know more about that. So the reason that um, I wanted to talk to you on the podcast was because as part of the conversation through the workshop, you um, started talking about flourishing in your 40s. Um, And some of the things you said really resonated with me. And I am creeper. I'm not even really creeping. I'm hurtling towards my 40s myself. I keep saying creeping like it's going to prolong it, but I'm hurtling towards my 40s myself. And you mentioned a few things when you were talking about it that kind of resonated um, with me. And and you talk about it with such gusto and such passion um, and I thought I really I really just want to have a conversation with you so um, I'm assuming this is based on your own experience so tell us a bit more about your your interest in this flourishing in your 40s kind of uh, approach and and why are you so passionate about it well as I said in the workshop it's just been my best most vibrant decade and I would never have imagined that in my 20s and 30s. Um, I had this idea, as I think many young people do, um, that it all kind of goes a bit downhill as you get older (laughs) and, you know, that you stop having fun and you stop having adventures and you all get a bit serious and that, you know, if you're not on a career track in one direction by the time you're 40, well, you, you definitely can't start a new one. Um, and I've just kind of blown up all my own expectations basically by you know leaving a corporate job and carving out a brand new life for myself that just really suits me and becoming almost like a different person really amazing Um, so what so what um what was your trigger or what was your kind of incentive to to kind of carve out that new life for yourself and leave something that you've kind of been doing in the corporate world was that was there a moment or was it a series of moments that made you think no I'm going to do something different now so I think there's a lot of things um 
So I used to work for the BBC. I was a personal assistant at Radio 5 Live. Um, and I moved up with the BBC from London where I'd lived for years. And um, I kind of really thrived when we moved up here. I was 35 when we moved up here. And I was like, look at me, I've adapted to this really well. And a lot of people didn't. And I don't know, it was a massive confidence boost because A, I could see a lot of other people were struggling and I, I just made it work for me. And also I think Manchester just really suited me because having lived in London for a long time, I think it had ground me down a bit because mm. I found it sort of competitive and I found that I could never really like stand out and feel that good about myself in London because there was always so many better people than me. Um, whereas, I don't know, in Manchester, people seemed just so much more interested in me. I felt a lot more welcome. And that, I think that helped me to kind of find my voice a bit. And yeah. Um, yeah, and also, I think I like new situations. Because if you put me in a traditional environment where there are kind of rules and hierarchies, I get completely intimidated by them and get a bit submissive. Whereas because moving up north to this new BBC, it was kind of a very pioneering thing to do and an opportunity for me to reinvent myself. So I was like, right, what can I do? And started running a lot of kind of events and social media workshops at the BBC because I was like, I just want to crack on and enjoy this new environment. Um, and yeah, um, but so that, yeah, massive confidence boost. Also, with this confidence boost, I realised that I didn't want to be married to my husband anymore. So... That happens to the best of us. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that too. I've <laughs> through that too. So yeah, so I think when I was 38, I left, well, we decided to split up. Um, and again, I kind of thrived, I slightly thrived in that situation as well. There was something about how I handled that divorce where I was like, man, I'm doing a good divorce here. Like I'm handling this really well. People were really like impressed at how calm I was. I did have therapy, um, but I just think there was something as well about getting older and just being like, this is my life. This is my one chance. I want to, you know, carve out a life that I want. I've spent too much of my life trying to fit in and trying to live up to other people's expectations and, you know, not setting the rules for myself. Whereas all of a sudden I was like, I want to carve out what's right for me and started to do that and it works. I love that. I love that. I've got so many questions. I don't know which way to go off on the tangent here. So I'm going to stick a little bit with the job stuff. So the move with the BBC seemed to actually give you some confidence, give you that change that you needed, an opportunity, but you chose not to stay with the BBC. So I'm guessing from what you do now, all of the stuff you started doing around events and social media things really sort of took off. So you know, what made you take that leap to go and found your own company and do your own thing as opposed to being employed by, by an institution like the BBC? 
Yeah, I I think I had just tried everything at the BBC to get a role made for me or get a different job. But it's not the type of place that is particularly agile in that respect. They're not like, whoa, you're providing something we really need at the moment. Social media is massively changing and becoming an important part of media. Therefore, we should grab hold of every single person who um, wants to teach it and educate people and all the rest of it. That it just doesn't work like that at a huge institution like that. Um, so uh, they just couldn't create me a role. And I was just like, I know what I'm doing is so amazing and useful. And I was getting amazing feedback and I was making a real impact and I was being really creative and clever with these workshops. And in the end, I was just like, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of putting brilliant workshops on um, that are desperately needed and it's getting me nowhere. And I mean, there's, there's no hard feelings because it's not anybody's fault. It's just the kind of business organisation that it is. Yeah. They can't just go, oh, here's a social media role. Um, so in the end, there was an opportunity for me to take redundancy and I just absolutely jumped all over it because it was completely the right time for me. I mean, a lot of people at the BBC are like, couldn't believe that I wanted to go because a lot of people just want to stay there forever. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I'm dying inside. Um, I think more. Yeah, I, and I, so much stuff had happened to me where I was getting a sense of my own kind of power and experiencing doing really creative things and realizing that I was very capable of running very creative events and exciting people and galvanizing people. And I was like, I want to take this elsewhere. I mean, not that it was remotely easy when I left. <laughs> it was way harder than I would ever have imagined, but I'm so glad that I did it. And you're brave, but you took that you took that risk and you did it. And did you go straight to then just working for yourself, setting up your own business, or did you do other stuff in between? Well, I because I had been there ten years, I got a redundancy that was kind of effectively a year's wage. So I was really lucky to be able to sort of go right. I think I need to feel things out a little bit. Like I knew I was a bit institutionalized. So I was like, I probably need to kind of unwind a bit and get out there and sort of just see see what's out there and see how I feel. So I just gave myself a bit of space that first year and I became a food blogger, not, not to make money, but just as a kind of fun project because I, I, I knew that I was still really into social media and I'd quite like to do something with that. And I was also really into food. So that seemed like a good way to start. And that's, yeah. And then I ended up doing some social media management, but then hit upon Instagram basically, because it's my favorite platform. I love that. So you picked your favorite and you've made that into your business. Yeah. Going with and, your passion. Yeah, because I was doing social media management stuff and it, I just didn't enjoy creating posts for people. And also I didn't enjoy trying to pretend that I was an expert on all the platforms because I wasn't. You can't be an expert on four platforms. Like things just change all the time. And I was like, I really like the idea of just like focusing completely on Instagram. I love that. Brilliant. 
and you've talked a little bit about you know you had a, a change at 35 and you moved to Manchester you had a change at 38 and separated from your partner so you're kind of going towards your 40s now and then you know you've mentioned before flourishing in your 40s so sort of what happens on your journey to like getting to 40 and then obviously um, we'll, we'll talk about kind of what's happened you in your 40s but was there a sort of moment where you're like I'm coming up to 40 I need things to be different or were you already on a sort of journey of change yeah um well so I don't know I think I think there was something about turning 40 and basically I left the BBC 10 days before my 40th birthday and it was really looming in my head Mm. Like, I was like, I don't want to be a personal assistant in my 40s. Because, like, a person, being a personal assistant is a really good job. You have to be really competent to do that job. So I'm not dissing the job, but ever what I wanted to do, I just kind of fell into it. Um, and I was like, I don't want to be managing someone's diary in my 60s. I don't want to get stuck in this role. And it was almost like a kind of desperation thing of kind of, if I don't get out now, when the hell will I get out? Um, And it was was good that um, I met my current boyfriend when I was, yeah, when I was about 38. So about a year after I split with my ex, I met my current boyfriend and he's so incredibly supportive. So that has been a huge, help because he's always like go for it go for it go for it whatever I want to do he's not like oh you're going to be earning enough money or you know that would be weird he's just like yeah if you want an adventure go on an adventure do it try this try that whatever you want so I think it would have been hard to do all the things I've done if I hadn't have had such a supportive partner that does make such a difference doesn't it being with somebody in a relationship who um, sort of has your back and supports you and encourages you rather than being in a relationship where you maybe feel like perhaps you have to take a bit of a back seat or you can't always you know do the things that perhaps you really want to do because you're concerned about what the other person might think so yeah because if you're making like risky career decisions that could affect both of your finances you know that partner would have a right to maybe question what you're doing yeah but but when you've got a good supportive partner behind you you can talk it out and and hopefully come to the the compromise or the thing that's that that's right for both of you which is brilliant and um, you've talked quite a bit about confidence and feeling confident so when you hit your 40s and you talk about that flourishing, is confidence a big part of that? And does that come with age and experience? Or, you know, what what is your thinking around the whole confidence thing? I think there is something about getting perspective when you get to about 40, where you're suddenly like, oh my God, I've lived half my life. Um, Yeah, I think I think have a right to express my opinion now, which, you know, I think it's a shame because I think I was lacking in confidence in my 20s and 30s and a bit, you know, a little bit submissive, you know, as a personal assistant, being submissive kind of comes with that. Um, And I hadn't learned how to express my opinions with confidence, really. 
Um, and also, you know, BBC is quite a hierarchical place. So you sort of work out your place and you sit in it. I mean, not everyone, not every PA at the BBC is like that, but that's how I ended up behaving. And I think I needed to leave in order to truly find my own voice. Um, you know, because when I was at the BBC, I worked with Five Live where it's a lot of very opinionated, knowledgeable journalists who express their opinions a lot and always sound right. <laughs> it's only about right. sounding right and being right and not always yeah. the same thing, are they? Yeah. <laughs> I've got no opinions on these <laughs> topics. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm stupid. So I ended up being quite quiet um, because it was quite a loud environment. And I think what I was realizing as I was running more of these events was, well, no one else has thought to put these events on and they're really good and they are absolutely needed. And I was starting to realize, like I said, I had this power and I, I was kind of catching on to things that loads of people were missing. And I was a little bit like, yeah, you might be able to express a lot of opinions really well, but that doesn't mean that you know the answer to everything. Mm. And that was an important realization to me. And I don't expect everyone to be brilliant at everything, but in terms of my confidence to realize that I had something really powerful and important to offer was so good for me. That's brilliant. And, and were there other things or have there been other things um you know, over the past few years that have supported you with your confidence or made you feel more confident in the decisions you're making and, and sort of, you know, what you're putting out there into the world? Therapy, definitely. <laughs> yeah, again, <laughs> advocate for that, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, therapy has just helped me so, so much to realise you know, there's a lot of things that I was hang on, hanging on to from from when I was younger that I thought that I'd made massive mistakes. And I carried that around with me of like, oh, I messed up there, I messed up here. Um, and I literally, unless I'd gone to therapy and worked that out and realized that actually the decisions that I made in my 20s that I got a lot of grief about um, were actually not particularly bad decisions and they were very normal. Mm. Um, and I'm so glad I went and deal with, dealt, dealed. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shame. And I think a lot of people have this where they'll carry around um, some this guilt or embarrassment or shame about decisions they've made earlier in their lives where they weren't really at fault no and 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 you i guess as you get older you you when you make decisions that at some point appear maybe to be the wrong decisions you're more confident about using them as a learning opportunity rather than something to flog yourself with and say how terrible you were it's more of like okay that didn't quite go how i expected but actually what can i take from that as learning for next time rather than you know how can i just make myself feel guilty about that forever <laughs> yeah i mean the fact is that we're not robots and exactly even now i'm i'm sure i'll just make those bad decisions but you make decisions based on the resources around you yeah and we don't 
know everything. So you just, most of us are just doing our best. One of the things you mentioned um, when I virtually met you um, a few weeks ago was around um, as you've uh, moved into your 40s, how you feel uh, more able to focus on the friendships and relationships and connections that perhaps bring you joy and you're kind of less worried about you know having to be friends with everybody and and you're sort of maybe making some choices about about the relationships in your life so can you talk a little bit more about that and how that's felt for you well i think i have been particularly lucky in that i left my job and i moved city so that puts you in a position where you completely almost recreate your community um, from scratch so you can be a bit more selective um, otherwise, I think if I'd stayed in London, I might have hung on to friendships mm. um, that might not, you know, habitual friendships. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think as well, therapy has helped me with that, of recognising who is a healthy friend and who is a draining friend. Mm. And also working out, giving myself permission to end friendships as well. Because I'm in, inclined to feel very guilty about ending friendships. So we'll kind of used to drag them out and be loyal because I felt like I had to be loyal. Whereas now I'm, I'm much more able to kind of understand that the energy has to be right in a friendship. Yeah. And isn't it weird? Because I found, weirdly, as I've got older, that it's almost harder to let go of a friendship than it is to break up in a romantic relationship and I, yeah. can't, I can't quite work out why maybe it's that loyalty thing I don't know maybe I'm a person I don't want to upset somebody but you do end up if you can't do that investing so much energy in a into sort of a negative thing which you then think god I could spend that doing something much more positive and actually what what are either of us getting out of this friendship if we're just kind of dragging it on just to be good friends when we're not really it's it but it's a very weird thing that it's much harder to break up with a friend than it is to break up with a, a partner a hundred percent a hundred percent and I think particularly because I've changed so much a lot of friendships didn't fit anymore mm. so they've had to change or just become less important um yeah you, because otherwise you're not honouring the, the not honouring what you're becoming mm. because I, I just have thrown myself into this new life and creating this new life and I had to you know when you start a business and you've been in kind of corporates for 20 years you've got to just absolutely throw yourself into it um, and that did mean kind of some friendships just went I don't know drifted drifted away and I, and I was like because I had to find people that were right for me because if I didn't build a support network of people that could really egg me on and get me there's no way I could have carried on with building a business because it's so difficult it's really rewarding but it's so difficult so and the the power of tribe is really important then in terms of helping you along your journey and kind of pushing you forward and striving for things. 
Well, a lot of people, unfortunately, don't get that building a business is not just about the bottom line. It's about creating a lifestyle and enriching your life. So it's not about kind of hitting a certain bottom line within two years. It's something, it's a much more long-term investment. And a lot of people literally don't get that. And it, become, it can become way too difficult to hang out with. Yeah. So you don't get that. In, in terms of your business, which you've talked about, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your business? And then, you know, have you got any lessons from your business journey that you kind of think, I- I'm glad I'm experiencing that now in my 40s rather than when I was in my 20s or 30s? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult because you constantly compare yourself to people, you know, you're exposed to so much stuff on social media where people are smashing it and earning six figures and seem to have built their business in five seconds. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I I still suffer from that comparison, but being in my forties, I'm much more rational about it. And I will go and articulate it to friends and for a business coach. And I still see a counselor. So I can kind of go and figure those things out because I know, rationally I know, that's not the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to talk it through. Um, um, sorry, what else did you want to know about my business? I wanted, you, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about it and then what lessons do you feel you've kind of learned that perhaps you wouldn't have done had you been younger and in the same position? I think I would have given up a lot quicker. Like, I left at BBC four years ago. I think I would have gone, gone and got a job by now. I probably would have gone, gone and got a job within about a year, to be honest, because you, you need a lot of resilience. Because it hasn't panned out the way that I wanted it to, in terms of, you know, it's just taken a long time to kind of build a client base. Mm-hmm. And like, Compared to how you think it looks for other people, it's been painfully slow. And if I'd been in my 20s or 30s, I think in the end I would have just got, just given up and thought it was an absolute disaster and being completely ashamed. But actually I've got mature, helpful people around me who are like, no, you're building something long-term. And and also, I am personally more emotionally mature and able to go, I'm building something that's like about my legacy, about something much more meaningful than a pay packet. Yeah. And and I like that you said it's about your whole lifestyle. It's not just about your business life. It's about creating something that suits you and enables you to have the life that you want rather than just the job that you want so um has that been a sort of easy revelation or was that always your goal at the start or has that just kind of come about that you've realized that that, that's what's happening for you i think when i left the bbc i was like yeah i'll just get some social media job and yeah it'll be really cool and (laughs) i can put all this into practice and be really creative i'll meet amazing people and i thought it'd be you know, really well paid. And it's been a much deeper journey than that. It's been a better journey, a more 
just creative and interesting journey. I've just met incredible people who are really passionate about what they do. You know, like there's a couple that run a rare magazine shop in Stockport near me. It's all kind of independent magazine titles. And, you know, financially it's a hard thing to do. Mm. They don't earn much, but they are so deeply passionate about what they do. And for them, it's it's quite a political thing as well. They want those magazines to be out in the world. They're important, they need to be read. They're about offering a different perspective on the world, about kind of the environment and craft. And, and it like, I would never, I didn't meet people like that at the BBC. You know, and also someone presenting the idea that you don't actually need to earn that much in order to have a really rich life. And that's quite that's quite a unique sort of perspective that I think comes with age because I think I when I was in my twenties and thinking about my first few jobs, the whole thing was about getting promoted, earning more, earn the next level up, get the you know get the next job that's more money because everything felt like that. That was what was a, a kind of mark of success that the next job you've got earned you more than the job before so therefore I must have achieved something and I'm really successful but actually kind of now I'm getting older my perspective has changed and it isn't driven by money and again I wonder if that's something that again just comes with that wisdom and that life experience that actually I'd rather do the things that make me feel rich in other ways than just be you know driving after that next bigger pay packet all of the time. Because that's it you start to just genuinely evaluate it don't you? Like striving for that job title or that money, like it hasn't made me feel good. Mm. Actually hanging out with interesting people and helping interesting people makes me feel amazing. Um, So you do the maths, (laughs) weigh it up. Um, I wondered if you could, um, and you might not be able to because it's a bit of a difficult question, I guess, but you know, what thing has felt most different for you in your life having now experienced being in your 40s for a bit? What's the, what's the biggest difference that being in your 40s you think has made for you? Um, I, I think I've got to know myself better. I know who I am and I've found my voice and I'm proud of it and I'm owning it. And I think before I was kind of scurrying about a bit. And in terms of challenges, so the same question, I guess, has anything felt like more of a challenge now that you're in your forties than perhaps you expected it to? We won't tell anyone, that would be our secret. (laughs) Yeah, I want to be like, the 40s are amazing! They're just really energetic! And I'm like, like I was saying to someone else who was in their 40s, we were both going, I feel like I want to sit down more than I used to. Which is not a very exciting thing to admit. But that's not really, that's not really, you can't really count that as a big challenge, can you? It's it's just a a side effect, maybe. Well, like, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm sure there is stuff. I mean, like, this is a bit bleak, but I don't really, you're getting closer to death. So 
that's depressing. But on the other hand, I think that's partly why you're able to enjoy your 40s more, because you're cherishing everything a lot more. I was going to say, does that drive you to want to make the most of everything more than it perhaps yeah. did 20 years ago when you think you're going to live forever? And when yeah. you're in your 20s, people in their 40s seem so old. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, and also, I was just talking to my boyfriend about this. It's kind of like, because um, it really comes into focus that you've got a lot less time left, that you're not going to waste it on things and people that aren't worthy of that time because you're like well I've only got this chunk left so I'm not doing that no thanks I yeah maybe thinking more sort of firm and assertive about that so um how this conversation came about was you saying I'm really passionate about people flourishing in their 40s so what does flourishing in in your 40s look like what does that mean to you what like you know you were so passionate about it and it's kind of like I love that and I love that phrase about flourishing in your 40s so when you talk about that you know what what does that evoke for you what does it mean for you well I think you know even for example like the office I'm in at the moment I've got um vintage um <sighs> oh you can't see it very well but this kind of crazy oh, I, 60s wallpaper I love the wallpaper I love yeah. it um and like that's just something where i was just like why not treat myself and create an environment that i really excites me expresses who i am um where i want to be like i i think i just want to be louder and more colorful in my 40s partly because i've seen you know role models on instagram of other women who are 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, 70s, being vibrant and colourful and um, expressing themselves through colour. Uh, and I was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I've forgotten what the question was. How is it more vibrant? <laughs> yes. What's what does flourishing in, in your 40s mean to you? You talk about it with such passion. So when you're talking about it, you know, what, what are you really getting at when you're telling so people to do that? <laughs> um, my boyfriend and I have travelled a lot and been to some really interesting places. We've been to like, I don't know, Sri Lanka and India and Philippines. Although now we're trying to do no-fly stuff. Yes, trying to rent. Um, but even that's really exciting. We went to Spain earlier in the year by train and it was awesome. Um, and it's like, being imaginative and adventurous and just going, why shouldn't I do that? You know, whether it's just getting the train to London and going to a great art exhibition or whatever, or doing all these fresh walks that I do. I mean, I lead these fresh walks, but I go on them too. We go on great big hikes in the Peak District and it's exciting. It, for me, I like, I like taking risks and getting into new situations and meeting new people. And, you know, like, some people, as they get older, their lives get smaller because they get stuck in a routine. Whereas I'm thriving on doing new things, you know, whether that's learning new things or, you know, doing a podcast series like I did or doing Instagram lives. I like to get out of my comfort zone and feel that adrenaline and grow and develop and see what's possible. I love that. So if you were to give some advice to someone who was 
like me, hurtling towards their 40s, but perhaps doing that with that slight sense of dread. So actually, I feel quite excited about hitting my 40s because I do feel like I'm more confident in myself and I know the things that I value and I've got good people around me. But when I was hitting my 30s, I hated the idea of being 30 and I hated being being 30. It was like, I don't even really want to celebrate this because 30 is so old. I haven't got two in front of my age anymore, which makes it all so much more grown up. But I guess there are people that how I felt about being 30, feel about being 40 and they're like a bit of dread creeping in. Oh my God, I'm going to be 40. What, what would your advice be for those people who are perhaps not looking forward to their 40s in the way that you've described? It's up to you. It's whatever you make of it. Because I, when I got divorced, it felt like a massive fork in the road of I could either like live quite a sort of safe existence. And that was quite tempting because having been married, I got into the habit of leading quite a safe, quiet life. And the idea of then branching out and, you know, socialising a lot and creating a brand new life that didn't involve being at home a lot watching TV was terrifying. And I was like, I'm going to have to really put myself out there. And also at that age, when I was, I think I, think I was 37, uh, and I was just like, oh my God, that's going to be embarrassing, me trying to carve out this new life as a single divorced 37-year-old. And, and I was just like, yeah, but unless I do these things and try these things, I will end up being a sad person. Like, I've, I've got to go and just get out there and try the things or it's all going to go wrong. I knew that it was like, I had to either embrace it or just be sucked up by what society expected of me. So I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified, but it was fear that drove me because I was like, the alternative in my head seemed so bad that I was like, I've got to carve out something exciting. You've just got to go for it. So for anybody who's approaching their 40s and they're feeling a bit like, oh God, it's all downhill from now on, which I think seems to be the stereotypical sort of view of being 40, your advice would be just to go out there, experience life, be adventurous, be curious, and just realise that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve if you put your mind to it, rather than just settling for, oh, I'm going to be 40 and that's going to be the end of it now. Find good people to egg you on. Like Car and Weather, who I run retreats with, like we call each other our eggers on, eggers on it, because we know that that's what we need. Like we're like, go for it, go for it. If I say, oh, Karen, shall I do this? She's like, yes. And her enthusiasm makes me much bolder than I would be otherwise. But you need to find friends like that because. If your friend is a bit negative and a bit conservative, then they'll never egg you on and they'll they'll probably piss on your fire, basically. If yeah. you're doing something exciting, they'll be too frightened for you to do it. Whereas find that adventurous friend who's gonna say, go for it. So find, find your tribe who support you to say yes more 
be more confident we've talked about confidence quite quite a lot find your voice there's so many good gems in here of things that you've said around you know kind of what's changed for you and how you've flourished in your 40s and I'm loving your story of sort of reinvention so um, will there be more reinvention to come for you Katya that's what I'm wondering or uh, are you kind of this is who you are now or do you think there's a there's another you in there for when you you know move to the next stage of the journey I have literally just been listening to an episode of how to fail how to fail with Elizabeth Day yeah um, did you listen to the episode where she interviews Bernadine Ivaristo I'm probably saying that wrong I haven't heard that one so what what were the gems in that one that's inspired Maybe you she's 61 and she was just saying that she's just absolutely changed with every decade and she embraces her age. And honestly, she sounded so like buoyant and vibrant and enthusiastic about the aging process and has packed so much adventure into her life. And each decade has been completely different. That it just made me like, yes, like, oh great, what a great role model. I'm quite happy about the idea of being in my sixties now because she's demonstrated that it can be so interesting and fun. I love that. So are you going to be doing more around encouraging people and egging people on? I love that one. You've got an egg or honour or whatever term we're going to use. Are you going to be doing more around this sort of topic with the stuff that you're doing? Or is it just something you chat about as a sort of something you're passionate about, but it's just more of a chat? And well, or is it, there a way to do more to help other people? It's a core like part of my kind of mission statement it is literally about egging people on because I believe in it so passionately I think it's such a simple important thing um, that I, I want to do that for people because I love seeing people flourish and like oh, it's so exciting when somebody just gets a little bit of encouragement what they might go off and do it's thrilling and I want to be part of that process so it is an absolute fundamental part of my business in the kind of the walks that I run the retreats that and also how I train people in Instagram it's not about how can you get as many followers as possible it's how can you show up as yourself and tell a really interesting story about yourself and push yourself out of your comfort zone by you know, talking to camera or doing lives or just being a bit daring with your content and seeing what happens. I love that. So if people are interested to find out more about what you do, get in touch with you, work with you, what's the best way for them to do that, Katya? So my Instagram account is at easyinstamcr and my website is easyinstamcr.com lovely so we'll put those in the show notes um i just want to say this has been really refreshing you've been really honest you definitely i mean i've met you once for a couple of hours in a workshop and then through this podcast but i absolutely feel like you haven't been anyone but yourself which is just really lovely in a world where we're all so conscious of our image and how we're coming across and what people are going to think of us i just absolutely admire your just verb for life and your 
genuine just this is me take me or leave me this is who I am so thank you so much for being so um, honest and open in our conversation I'm sure you will have sparked lots more thoughts and questions from listeners so um, if we get them we'll share them with you and potentially invite you back for another conversation about what that sparked but um, I think you're going to be one of those amazing role models that you talked about about how to how to just live a life that you're happy and comfortable and confident with thanks I, honestly i've loved talking about all of this <laughs> i'm in a really good mood <laughs> oh, good thank you so much you've inspired me and i'm like right what other things can i say yes to more to push myself outside of my comfort zone so thank you for being an inspiration and um i would love to invite you back once we've heard from listeners about other things there they want to explore with you so um hopefully we'll talk again thank you so much for your time um and um i will encourage everybody um to follow you and and connect with you so that they can get some of your egging on in their lives because everybody needs an egger on her <laughs> so thank thank you so much for your time it's been lovely talking to you thank you have a great evening and you take care Bye.